0: Hello and welcome
1: to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
0: Hey Jonathan, how's it going?
1: Going well. This week has been a, uh, a slower news week than we have uh, seen, uh, You know, especially after last week. We had a really busy week last week with uh, the news but I had a great meeting today. Uh we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later in the episode uh with the Convention Advancement Advisory Council, uh the SBC. They were on campus at Lifeway today. Had a chance to sit down with them with lunch, with Dr. Rainer, and Dr. Geiger and, and others and um, talk with them and uh we'll we'll talk a little bit about what they're doing and got a couple of updates from our ethnic groups in the SBC later in the episode. So it's it's been a fun week.
0: Very cool. Very cool. It's busy around here.
1: Yeah, I bet. Getting everything ready for school.
0: Yes. Everything kicks off next week, and then two weeks later, middle school kicks off, and so it is just a wild month in Wake Forest.
1: I bet it is. All right, Amy, before we get into our episode this week, I want to thank our sponsor this week's episode, once again, sponsored by the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Whether you're preparing to plant or revitalize churches in North America or— Take the gospel to places where Christ is not yet known. The Billy Graham School is committed to training the next generation of Great Commission leaders. Learn more about the Billy Graham School's MDiv, DMIN, or other degree programs today by visiting sbts.edu slash bgs. Again, that's sbts.edu slash bgs. So uh, let's jump into it, Amy. Big news from the ERLC today. Senator Ben Sass, the Republican senator. Uh, in D.C. from Nebraska is going to speak at the ERLC National Conference later this month.
0: Yeah, that announcement hit uh, on Twitter, and uh, we're recording this on Thursday. It hit this afternoon. Not a lot of details about that out yet, just that he's been added to the roster.
1: Yep, and uh, so that's uh, about two weeks away, so looking forward to that. I'll be there. I think you're coming into town for that as well uh so it'll be it should yes. be a fun time get to see a lot of friends and people from all over the s b c and uh looking forward to having Senator sass with us uh he's got a new book out yes, and uh you know kind right. of goes along with the theme of the conference,
0: yeah, it focuses on uh parenting and on um I've gotten it I just haven't gotten to start it yet, but maybe I will before uh before his talk and it's really talking about our children um kind of just getting outside, getting away from the sort of video driven life. I think hard work, uh, some of those types of values that still that we can instill in our children. And, and so I got it cause that's a really great uh, thing for our season right now. And so, um, I'm, it, it's, it's a good time for him to be at a conference on parenting.
1: Yep. So uh, you bring it with you. Maybe you can get it autographed while you're there.
0: Um, well, it's a Kindle version.
1: Well, that makes so, it a little bit more difficult.
0: It it does, it does. So
1: maybe he could autograph anyway. your arm, and you could get it tattooed. Like I've seen people do that with NASCAR drivers.
0: You're kidding?
1: No, dead serious. They get the the driver signs their arm, and then they have to go to the tattoo parlor, and they get the the uh, tattoo of the signature on their arm. You've never seen this before?
0: No, I think that's weird. And no, no offense to any listener out there that might have done that. That's, you know, it, go for it. But I've never heard of that before. And, you know, I'm actually one that's not. I there. I own one autograph that's really special to me that I at least that I can think of. I'm sure I have some other ones, books that are signed. But the one autograph that I make sure I don't lose is James Taylor. Oh, So OK.
1: I was expecting to be a president or first lady.
0: Oh, I wish.
1: See? That
0: would be amazing. I thought maybe you'd have an autographed
1: picture of Barbara Bush.
0: Oh, my goodness. That would be the greatest thing ever. I would love to have an autographed picture of Barbara Bush, but I don't. But intermission at a James Taylor concert, he comes out sometimes and signs, so I got my ticket signed that night. That's kind of cool. Anyway, we've gotten way off topic here. Uh, Not going to get my Kindle book signed, but maybe I'll get a chance to read it. Before the conference.
1: Yep. So looking forward to that. Should be fun. Uh, if There's still time to register if you haven't. We, we talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. But if you haven't registered for the ERLC National Conference, go ahead and do that. Join us in Nashville in a couple of weeks. All right, Amy. I don't know if you saw the video last week. Shane Pruitt, who's the Director of Evangelism for the SBTC, he and his wife, Casey, adopted a new baby, a one-month-old baby, last uh, week mm-hmm. and, and kind of introduced it to their other two daughters and filmed it, it went viral online, and they were named ABC's Persons of the Week last week.
0: That's so cool. I have not seen that. Yep. I'm going to have to. We, we'll We'll put it in the show notes, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. The, the video's online. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. It's in the yes. BP article as well. So uh, really, really sweet video, and, and the girls realizing they've got a new baby sister. Didn't know about it. I mean, it was like a spur-of-the-moment kind of thing that they— um, we're, you know, giving this child an adoption and decided to adopt it. And just a really, really cool story. So congratulations to the Pruitts, uh, just a, a neat story. And it's great to see, uh, you know, Southern Baptist stepping up in adoption. That's something we talk a lot about the orphan care and adoption yes. here in the SBC. So, uh, this one, you know, kind of seeing it very hit home cool. right here.
0: Yep. I'm looking at it right here in the story. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to push right. play later yep. and, uh, very Have exciting. your tissues
1: handy. Okay. This is a not safe. For Lizette video, for those who know that term.
0: Oh yeah, Lizette Beard. She cries over videos like that. Yep. So. All
1: right. Well, we uh, mentioned uh, the next story uh, a couple of months ago when the uh, when a reorganization plan came out from Gary Hollingsworth, the state executive director in South Carolina. They were offering early retirement options uh, to some of the staff over there. They had 33 qualifying people. Only eight chose to take the early retirement incentive. Uh, it's unclear at this time what that means and uh, if there will be other reductions. Uh, we kind of saw something like this last year with the IMB and the Voluntary Retirement Incentive, uh, where we had uh, nearly 1,400 personnel uh, come off the field and, and leave the IMB. So, Amy, we'll have to keep an eye on this. Uh, the South Carolina Cooperative Program budget is off, uh, I think projected to be a little bit under under a million dollars, around $900,000 off budget Uh, This year, so it's possible that there may be further cuts at the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that. Thanks to The Courier for covering this Uh, neat little magazine. I I like how they do their news in South Carolina, the the magazine version versus like a a state paper. It's kind of different.
0: Yeah, it is different. There's a few states that do that. You know, SBCV, they have the Proclaimer. Um, And then Kentucky uh, has been putting out uh, Kentucky Today. That's a, a publication there. Uh, but it, it is it is kind of a different a different thing. And when it shows up on my desk, it actually stands out Yeah, uh, because it's not the newspaper style. Yeah.
1: And it's well designed but. and everything. you got a really nice website too. So um, that's over at uh, baptistcareer.com yes. if you're interested.
0: And there's a recipe in it every month. Oh, really? For those who like that. Oh, yes.
1: I like that. I like that. All right. Yeah. Well, um, I mentioned it at the top of the show that uh, I was with the Convention Advancement Advisory Council. Uh, this week, we got some news from the Vietnamese and the Hmong fellowships. Uh, I met with a few of the fellowship heads today. The Vietnamese Baptist Fellowship met about a month ago over in Charlotte, North Carolina. Had a chance to tour uh, the Billy Graham Library there in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. And uh, they had uh, 160 churches represented and 1,400 people show up for the Vietnamese Baptist Fellowship annual meeting.
0: That's fantastic we we've talked about some of those meetings throughout the year uh, of some different uh, Baptist fellowships different uh, groups and a lot of them are around our annual meeting but this one you know is at a different time uh, but wow more than eleven hundred registered on site and then more than uh, fourteen hundred attending uh, that's pretty incredible yep but there's a, a lot of great details about uh, about the meeting and just some of the things they were. We're really celebrating. Uh, it talks about young professionals being involved in it, uh, young you know, young parents, young families. And so it looks like it's a great, great work yep. uh, that's going on.
1: Yep. And also at the end of June, up in Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota, the Hmong Baptist National Association met, and they also participated in the Hmong Festival. I, I, I was aware of the Hmong's big influence up in the Minneapolis area. They, they have a, a big WMU group. And uh, when I worked at the WMU, they okay. would they would come to the WMU okay. annual meeting every year. Uh, so that that kind of uh, reminded me of that. And uh, just for uh, the refresher course for anybody, the Hmong is a people group of the Southeast countries such as China, Vietnam, Myanmar, and Thailand. So that that's kind of where they're from. It's a people group, not really a a political country, you know, like political boundaries, but a people group within. Uh, several countries there in Southeast Asia.
0: It looks like they uh, they had a day-long retreat for pastors and wives, a day of worship and celebration, and a day of business. They had guest speakers, elections, um, but then they also uh, participated in the Hmong International Freedom Festival. They're uh, doing evangelism, and uh, it's really great. They, they uh, this year had um, 156 uh, they This year they saw 156 uh, professions of faith, and uh, so what they do is they have their meeting in St. Paul so they can participate in that festival. Yeah,
1: so big group up there. They had 300 people come from all over the United States and had 156 professions of faith as so they went out and did that missionary work in St. Paul. Uh, they only had 60 last year over in Fresno, California, so a big jump in— Uh, attendance there, so congratulations to those guys, and uh, we're excited about the work the Hmong Baptist Fellowship is doing for Southern Baptists. Uh, That's going to do it for our news this week, Amy, kind of a light week, a couple of big news items, but a light week nonetheless, but that's going to bring us to This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds.
0: All right. So you know how I sometimes like bringing up political things uh, just because that's my area of interest. Yes. So we're going to go to 1974 to a big week in American history. Oh, yes. Uh, I know this. I tweeted it out. Yes. Uh, So this is the week. um, August 9th is when uh, Gerald Ford took uh, the oath of office to be president that to to be the thirty eighth president of the United States um after the resignation of Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. And so he took the oath of office. Uh you know, he's the only president we've had was never elected.
1: As president or vice president.
0: Right. In any capacity. He was never elected to either office. Um but nonetheless he did serve as our president. So he was uh he took the oath of office and there's a Uh, Interesting, and I didn't really realize all of the connections, so he's not Southern Baptist. But if you go to the Baptist Press issue from uh, August 12th, so it came out a few days later, the very first uh, story headline is, President Ford asks for prayers of the people. Um, It said that he he took his oath of office uh, on the Bible at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And then it talked about how, I guess, he asked for asked for prayers. But as you go through the article, now, he uh, was Episcopalian at the time. But his son, Michael, it said Michael is a graduate of a Southern Baptist school, Wake Forest University. Uh, at the time, he was a student at Gordon-Conwell and was planning a career as a youth minister. Now, wow, I, I tracked I this down. And, yeah, and his son, Michael, is actually still uh, doing some things with Wake Forest University, he has some some foundations, things like that. But you keep going through. Um, he says, uh, I'm acutely aware that you have not elected me as your president by your ballot. So I ask you to confirm me as your president with your prayers. Um, he had addressed, it said he, he had come as vice president, to Dallas, Texas to a breakfast at the end of the SBC and had addressed like 1500 or over 1500. It was a breakfast that the Brotherhood Commission had done. So it wasn't an actual official SBC appearance. It was the kind of like an auxiliary event that was the morning after. So he had he he had some connections. Uh, it said Al- although the sincerity and integrity of President Ford are universally recognized, not all of his political positions have agreed with views of Baptists and certain other church bodies. And it kind of goes down uh, on some of those things. But it's just an interesting article that shows some connections that he came and addressed Southern Baptists at the t- time. His son at that time uh, was and you know had had been in a southern baptist school and had some thoughts toward the ministry uh, i don't know that it would have been in the sbc but um and i and i do also know that it was a very different sbc at that time than what we see today but i still think it's it's just interesting seeing that sort of interaction that we had with uh, the vice president and then ultimately the president of the united states uh and You know, it was a big week in American history, but in some ways it was a big week Uh, in SBC history as Southern Baptists sort of experienced this along with the country. And uh, we saw those connections later. And then the whole issue of Baptist press, as always, is very interesting. There's another part where it talks about Baptist world leaders, leaders. Sending greetings to President Ford from the Baptist World Alliance from all over the place on August eighth. So it was an important week all around the world, really. Uh, but it was also an important week uh, for many of our, for many of us.
1: You know, there was a another Southern Baptist connection with Gerald Ford. Oh, give it to me. He got beat by a Southern Baptist.
0: Yes, he did. Yep. Yes, he did. Jimmy Carter. You're right.
1: Amy, one question for you on that. You you mentioned those the policies that didn't kind of line up with Southern Baptist. Give me an example of what one of those might have been.
0: It talks about how he disagreed with the U.S. Supreme Court in its position on prayers in public schools, in its decision um, against capital punishment, that he favored some form of federal aid to parochial schools. uh, so it was a he had introduced a bill for a federal income tax credit of up to two hundred dollars for parents sending their children to nonprofit, non-public elementary and secondary schools. And we were against that. I, I guess so. That's what I'm getting from the article. So it talks about not all of his political positions have agreed with views of Baptists and certain other church bodies, and then it just starts going down the list with all these things, but it doesn't flesh out the Southern Baptist position oh, okay. on those things at at that time. There also was a, uh, a Supreme Court decision, the Supreme Court decision that was regarding uh, pornography at the time. And it said uh, under which local communities may decide what is or what is not uh, pornography. He said that the ruling, if properly enforced, will help us to rid the pla- ri- will help to rid us of the plague of smut while not compromising freedom of speech. We would have uh, uh, I think agreed probably- with him on that, probably. Well, it's saying it's that the the issue was that local communities could make the decision as opposed to a federal decision, I think. No. So I nuanced we might not okay. uh, but anyway, it just sort of laid all that and uh, but it said at the beginning that his sincerity and his integrity were universally recognized and um, uh, I guess uh, respected uh, for that. So it was a tough time. I mean, everyone's kind of reeling from obviously what had Just happened. So we, there was a new president and he's asking for, for prayers of the country, but everyone is still, I think at that point was taking in what had happened earlier in the week with the resignation. So, um, just, it's an interesting time. I've seen a lot. Michael Beschloss has been tweeting a lot about that this week and I follow him, a presidential historian, and uh, I, I've I've watched a few movies this year all the president's men um, Frost Nixon a few others have been refreshing and I'm reading a biography of Pat Nixon right now I'm kind of plodding through that so uh, it, uh, that sort of time is on my is on my mind but I have a lot of respect for Gerald Ford's wife for Betty Ford and uh, so it's just interesting seeing how we intersected at times uh, with presidential history
1: I watched all the president's men as well like Three or four weeks ago, just randomly. Saw it on TV and sat down and watched it. So, I watched The Great Escape this past week for the first time. Never seen that before. Steve McQueen, whose car was at the SBC.
0: Oh, yeah. Was in The
1: Great Escape. He did not have the car in The Great Escape. Probably could have used it. The motorcycle didn't work out well for
0: him. I've not seen The Great Escape, uh, but it's, it's I a did, decent one. Yeah, I liked all the presidents. Men thought it was really fascinating and just seeing the whole way all of that happened. Uh, but Frost Nixon actually was very fascinating to yep. me. So what
1: what got it, what I got a kick out of and with um, the Great Escape was uh, my boys were watching it with me, and they're huge Jurassic Park fans. And the guy who plays John Hammond, who you know builds Jurassic Park, he's actually in yeah. the movie when he was young. So he's one of the British officers that that is captured and uh, winds up dying in the movie. Wait, Spoiler alert!
0: This is like the, like the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, Richard Attenborough. He was in The Great Escape as a young man. I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to check that out now.
1: Yeah. So I, I, my boys were blown yeah, away. Has, I was like, "Hey, you see that guy right there?" And they're like, "What?" So it blew their mind. They didn't realize that like people were younger than they once were when they saw him for the first time. So it was pretty yes. funny. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, check that out. Very All cool. Right. Well. That'll bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is Daniel M.'s new book, No Silver Bullets. Uh, it's a book on church planning, church revitalization, uh, and, and really just talking about how there is no silver bullet in that. And, you know, it takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes prayer. It takes a, a lot. Uh, and that there's there's kind of no shortcutting to uh, church growth, church revitalization, church health. And church planning and church uh, replanning as well. So I recommend that it's it's just brand new. So you probably have to to pre-order it at Lifeway or at uh, Amazon. Uh, but check it out! A fantastic new book from Daniel. Daniel's one of the smartest guys uh, that I know. Works with me at Lifeway. I know Amy, you're familiar with him as well. Uh, just a phenomenal yes. uh, church leader and pastor here in the area as a Bifo pastor uh, at a church here in the Mount Juliet area where I live. And uh, just a, a phenomenal guy. Uh, and and doing great work for Lifeway for the kingdom as well. So check out his book, No Silver Bullets. Amy, your resource of the week is?
0: All right. Mine is a podcast that, uh, it's not a new podcast necessarily, but I don't know that it's one that we've talked about before. But there's an episode that came out, and I haven't even gotten a chance to listen to it because I was at work uh, in a meeting all day long. Um, But it's a podcast that Christianity Today does. It's called The Calling um, and it, it really just focuses on, uh, just on people and sort of their, um, mission in life, their call to whatever their ministry is and kind of hearing about, uh, about how their work has taken shape. And so this morning I see in, uh, when they had released it, they give a little Kind of a blurb about it that describes it. So this week the special guest was uh, Trevin Wax. Oh yeah. So we yeah, got to get him talking, on the podcast. Yes, I was just thinking about, about him. Yeah, talking about about uh, being a writer. Well, here's how he told the story. So I can't wait. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. He talks about that when he was getting ready to graduate uh, from his with his PhD. He wasn't quite sure what to do next. And uh, the the uh, folks from our team at Southeastern had given him a sign to to write in. I am going, and he was watching people write cities and schools, and when it came to him, he wrote, uh, "I'm going to write." Like he wasn't even thinking. And he this says apparently, and somewhat to his own surprise, he had just decided to become a writer. So. This thing, I just, I saw it this morning, uh, first thing, and I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet, but he's telling this story and the go sound was really instrumental in this. And so that's something, you know, that I love yeah. uh, here at Southeastern. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to listening to that episode. I think that's actually a really great podcast just in general. Uh, so it's called The Calling. This is episode 51. So there are, are a lot of back ones that you can 50 listen to. 50 specific. Is correct. There are 50 that you can listen to uh, <laughs> until this one, uh, Trevin. But very excited. We're proud of him as one of our PhD graduates and excited that, uh, that him sharing where he's going uh, meant that much.
1: Yeah. Well, that's very cool. So I may have to check that out, too. I had not heard of that podcast, but I will give it a listen. So i uh, got a couple of big drives in the next few days, so have some time to check it out. So always good to hear from Trevor. We'll have yes. to get him here on the podcast as well.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, Amy. Uh, good luck with everything next week, getting school kicked off, and to all of our other seminaries, uh, Southern, and uh, who's our sponsor this week, the Billy Graham School, all the guys over there, Adam Greenway, uh, the good dean at Southern Seminary, and all the best to the other seminaries as they get kicked off this week. Had Jeff Orge in Chapel this week, a phenomenal message. Uh, Amy, I'm going to get some audio of that and let you listen to that because it was just amazing. The the message that Dr. Orge gave us uh, this week, and uh, all the best to him out at Gateway in their new facility. So should be a, a great semester at all of our Southern Baptist theological seminaries. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.
0: See you next week.